You are listening to Subtle Disruptors Melbourne. This is the first series of the podcast, Subtle Disruptors, telling the stories of those who are quietly having an amazing positive impact on their city and the world. I'm playing between sexuality, uh, business and spirituality or mindfulness. And in the business world, it's like it's considered bad manners to talk about sexuality. It's like it's totally irrelevant. And, and this is what people are missing. You know, it's like because they deny this part of their life, they deny the part of themselves, uh, and they regard it as, as separate, they're not connecting to the, to the energy that they can have, the, the confidence and the creativity they can have. Because sexual energy is creative energy. I need to start this episode by saying that I'm not entirely comfortable with the topic of discussion or releasing it for public consumption. But in reflecting on the type of discomfort I feel, I realize it is indicating I need to release it and have it made public. The topic is sexuality and the widespread benefits we can experience from having an integrated, open and life-bringing sexuality. When I say it like that, it doesn't sound that bad. And there'll be some listeners who think this is all rather tame. Others, though, may not enjoy listening to the explicit content, which I completely understand and empathise with. I'm Adam Murray, and thanks for joining me, if you decide to, as I talk with E.L. Matzlier about the subtle disruption of our sexual being. E.L., here we are. Good to be talking with you on the podcast today. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me. Where are we? We are um, very close to my, to my home at the uh, natural amphitheater by the, by the creek, by the Mary Creek. And I sit on the top of this hill every morning and meditate. Yeah. So this is, you ask me where, where is like a natural place for me to meet and that's nature. So this is northern Melbourne, we're in Coburg, mm-hmm. which is yeah, northern Melbourne. Mary Creek runs all the way, I guess, into the city, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. And do you come here and meditate every morning regardless of the weather and, yeah. The other day I was here, it was uh, plus four. I was out at 7 a.m. and it was dark as well. And I was like, it was 6.30 or something. And I was so happy. Like my nose was, was was uh, freezing, my hands were freezing, but that's the thing with meditation. It's not like good meditation and bad meditation. It's, it's, just, it's just meditation. Yeah. And I used to be a very kind of like city boy and, and I would never think about going out when it's raining and cold. And uh, another time in the past week, I went out when it was drizzling, not heavy raining, but drizzling. And Again, it was such a such a beautiful thing to be able to just enjoy the body and enjoy movement and enjoy the nature when the weather is quote unquote you know bad. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so true. Just thinking about as a kid, you know, all those things about getting dirty and getting wet—they were the most mm. fun parts. Mm. Yeah, and my mum would would you know to her credit, she would say, she was like, so what if they get d- dirty? We have a laundry machine. We have a washing machine. You know, it's like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And it's amazing to have a big reserve like this on the footstep of your house yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. So you work from home? I work from home. I create from home. I serve from home. Um, I, have, I, have, I have a thing with the word work because it just sounds, sounds like, you know, drudgery. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, I have to go to work. By the way, I we, uh, are we allowed to uh, use our words? Yeah, we ah, can. <laughs> okay. 
that's, that's, uh, I use it as an exclamation. Um, yeah, so, so I do that and I also try to go out and connect with people as well because sometimes I, I, can, I can just be you know, secluded in my own house like a monk or something. So, so yeah, but, but I, do, I do most of the stuff for my own home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah work is an interesting word, I agree. I, even when I tell people about this podcast, I say it's about people that are doing under the radar, positively impacting things through their work. Mm-hmm. And I, I chose, I say work because I didn't want to say job, mm-hmm. um, but maybe just through their life is a mm. better way <laughs> to describe it, you know, because people are just living and some of it they get paid for and some of it they don't and some mm-hmm. of it's necessary to get through mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's my, that's my, that's part of my mission as well. I know that's part of what I'm about as well. And I think that <clears throat> you say under the radar. And it's like under the radar, under the radar, under the radar, and one day it's over the radar. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like it's picked up by, by bigger and bigger and bigger circles. So that's, that's why I was, I was very happy to meet you and to be a guest on, on your show because, because it's like, yeah, I really support this, this idea of people who are doing stuff through their mission, through their job, through their specific, if possible, business, mm. se- doing what they love, serving other people and making money from that. Yeah. So. What do you consider to be your personal mission? Mm, there's a few levels to it. So my, my, my ultimate overall mission is helping people unleash their full potential. And that means to, to connect to who they are, to connect to what they're passionate about, what their gifts, what their talents are. Maybe not even existing gifts and talents, but things that they want to grow into. So I do believe that we have a pur- purpose and a destiny, but some of it is learned, not just, uh, not just born. Uh, there's a psychologist called Carol Dweck talked about um, growth mindset versus uh, versus um, fixed mindset. Yeah. So fixed mindset says, no, that's what I have. I'm either a failure or a success. Yeah. Growth mindset says, I constantly grow. I constantly learn. And that's what really I believe in. So what I'm really passionate about is connecting people to that, to, to their gift, to the mission, and giving them the ideas to express bigger visions, bigger, bigger expressions of, of who they are and what they can do. Yeah. Um, and part, a big part of my mission as well is empowering people sexually. And when you empower somebody sexually, they have more power available to them, more creativity av- available to them, more confidence. Um, it's like there's, a, there's, a, there's this part of life which is separated than other parts of life. So sexuality is usually considered separate to everything else. But I see that it's connected, and I'm happy to share to share more about that. As obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd love you to share more about that. I gotta, yeah, I gotta be honest. Like it's a topic to talk about that makes me a little bit nervous. Hmm. Like I don't feel immediately comfortable, or like it's my happy place right now. And hmm. that, um, for me, generally, that means it's probably a good thing for me to talk about if I'm feeling those kind of things. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's the case for a lot of listeners too. Mm. Like I think I'm a little bit nervous about what people listening to this might might think. But um, but I agree. Like it's such a there's so many. Even the word, you know, we're talking about dirt and dirty. Like mm. dirty means bad, but actually getting your hands dirty can be such a good positive thing yeah. and I feel like there's a lot of similar connotations for sexuality as mm. well 
you know, it's dirty, it's wrong, it should be hidden and shamed and, but there's actually a lot of amazing, good, powerful stuff there too. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we start? <laughs> like, what, what start, where do we start talking about this? Easiest is to start just to relate relate to what you just said, which is something that I hear a lot. You know, so people are people are so triggered by by sexuality, anything to do with sexuality, and you know the Americans are such a good good example because you can see so much violence on on any time of the day on television, but you wouldn't see a nipple. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you see the same thing with the vid, with the movie rating. You know, it's like movies which are crazily. Uh, crazily uh, um, uh, violent and stuff and, and sometimes violent or dark and stuff but but sexuality is something which is demands a higher rating a higher rating like a, a more strict rating okay and especially I, I'm I'm playing between sexuality uh, business and spirituality or mindfulness mm. and in the business world it's like it's considered bad manners to talk about sexuality it's like it's totally irrelevant and and this is what people are missing you know it's like because they deny this part of their life they deny the part of the, themselves uh, and they regard it as, as separate they're not connecting to the to the energy that they can have the, the confidence and the creativity that they can have because sexual energy is creative energy um, there's this guy Napoleon Hill wrote a book um, 70, 85 years ago, okay, the 1930s. The book is called Think and Grow Rich. It's kind of like one of the first books of its kind that, that ever talked about, about the mindset of success, the mindset of being rich. And he has a chapter there, which is chapter 11. And in chapter 11, he talks about, he talks about some stuff and nobody actually understands what he talks about. That's, that's the thing, because he didn't write it, he didn't spell it out, he hinted. So he basically says a man needs to control his sexual energy and not to lose his sexual energy. And he says something about don't sow your wild oats. And don't sow your wild oats basically means stop jerking off. Okay. <laughs> stop losing your, your semen, your sperm, uh, what, the, what the Chinese and the Indians would call your life energy. Mm-hmm. And he says that when a man starts to, to harness and cultivate this energy, he becomes more successful. And more recently, there's people like Tim Ferriss who uh, led the, um, the Nob Nom experience, uh, experiment or challenge, which is no masturbation and no, uh, no booze, no masturbation for a month. Okay, and he led the whole public challenge when people sign up for that. And, and that is because he recognized that, that excessive masturbation, excessive ejaculation hurts your performance. Uh, another guy called Dave Asprey from the Bulletproof Coffee, Bulletproof brand, uh, said the same thing. He has a very, um, very interesting uh, video when he talk- when he said that ejaculating uh, once every thirty days gives you access to to amazing energy or boundless energy or some, something like that. I don't remember exactly what, but but he said yeah, every thirty days for him, it's that that's the that's the formula. Um, and also I would add that sometimes people come to me, by the way, that, that all applies to women because there's ways that women lose energy as well, but people come to me and for, for coaching and advice and stuff and they say, my life is great, my life is amazing, my life is perfect, I only have a problem with my sexuality. And after a few minutes of, of talking about where they are in their life and what they're doing, we discover that actually they're not where they want to, to, to be. They're not living the life they want to live. They're not achieving what they want to achieve. 
and the reasons they they actually recognize they realize that the reasons are their connection to their sexuality and this is something that have created huge transformations in the life of my clients and my students and 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 for me this is like the missing link the missing piece that nobody's seeing it's like yeah i mean tim ferris talked about it a little bit and dave asper and stuff but but it's not it's not it's just entering the zeitgeist now and i want people to wake up and to understand everything in your life is connected Okay, uh, if you are, you know, your sex life could be good, your, your business life could be good, but if you have um, a drinking problem, the drinking problem affects everything else. Okay, it's like, it's like whatever is the secret, whatever is the dark secret in your life is basically keeping you in all other aspects of your life. Yeah. So that's, that's the intro and for that kind of. Yeah. Um. So you talked about jerking off, mm-hmm. and how does that differ then? Like, you know, when people masturbate, they it does. Re- you know, there's a there's a calming down almost, or mm. there is the that release. Yeah, and it's almost like for me, sometimes I just want to go to sleep. Exactly. Is that kind of what you're talking about? That release of energy that just then disappears. Yeah. So, I I think it's not exactly a release. I'm just sorry, I'm just getting out of the sun here a little bit, yeah. I think that what you described is not a release, it's a depletion. Okay, so, so, language is very important. And many, many times the the language that people use determines their experience and their reality. And what you just said, it's like, yeah, jerking off in order to to go to sleep. And for women, by the way, it's, uh, I call it clit-off. Clit-off is like quick clitoral masturbation and, and women have the same most of the time have the same experience where they fall asleep afterwards and this is because people men and women don't know how to handle strong energy so so they actually start to accumulate energy and then it's like ah that's too much i want to go to sleep and it's like you know it's like it's my proof that doing this is something that is depleting you of energy again men and women and instead of that, there's, there are ways to move the energy, which again is one of the big missing, missing pieces from a lot of even tantric and sexuality teaching, which is you build sexual energy, but then you move it. Move it, some people call it channel it or circulate it. And you first of all circulate it within your body and you start having different pleasure experiences, different orgasmic experiences. You orgasm for an hour, you have all body orgasms, you orgasm, you know, it's like without having any genital touch, you orgasm from the water dripping over you in the shower, you orgasm from listening to close classical music, or any music, by the way, I can have orgasmic ways when I listen to techno. But then it's more than that. Then you take this energy and, and you put it into your mission, into your creativity, into your relationship, into your parenthood, into everything that you do in life. So instead of jerking off, I would, I would suggest people to, to self-cultivate, self-love, self-pleasure, mm. which means it's like, you know, there's like these two dogmas in the world. One of them is sex is bad, sex is evil, sex, you know, it's an original sin, whatever. Okay, don't do this, abstinence, uh, don't have sex, or at least have minimum uh, amount of sex just to procreate and so on. And there's another, another dogma, which is like, you know, eat and drink, and I, I would say fuck, because tomorrow you will die, so, so <laughs> let's have as much sensual pleasure as we possibly can. 
And I would say let's, it's neither this nor that. Let's have pleasure and body and, and, and sex and food and pleasure and everything, but have it with awareness and have it also as a tool to go into consciousness, to go into expression, to go into a creativity, to go into unleashing our full potential. So going back to what, what you said, I would, I would say if somebody's feeling that they need to, to masturbate or to have sex in order to fall asleep, mm. I would look at that. Mm. I would like, why? What, what, are you, what are you avoiding? What are you avoiding in your own greatness? Because it's a way for people to, to numb themselves down. And I know because I had periods when I was either, I would, had periods when I was a premature ejaculator, I, was, I had periods when I was obsessive masturbator, you know, it's like, it's like, and I remember I was, I was denying my, my gift. And I just thought about it the other day, you know, it's like if Bill Clinton knew how to move his sexual energy would, so he would be less, less horny, you know, maybe he would have stayed in presidency like for, for a bit longer. I wouldn't have all of this, all of this stuff. Okay, by the way, this, I have whole views and, and opinions about relationships and stuff, but a man couldn't handle his desire and he lost, you know, such a position. So. Yeah, there's, there's, there's more, you know, but that's, uh, again, yeah. that's... <laughs> um, I mean, what does it... I'm just trying to think about, you know, what you're describing there and how... How, do, how would one identify or self-identify that they're not embracing this part of their life? I have a model. And you basically touched on the first aspect, the first step of this model. It's called the holistic transformation model or the integrated transformation model, just because holistic is such an overused uh, word. And I like also the idea of integration. Um, the, the aspects of the model is um, reflect and then learn. The second one is learn. The third one is embody. The fourth one is transform, and the fifth one is receive. And I really love this model because I find that so many people are focused on, okay, what do I have to do? Buy a vibrator, you know, get an aphrodisiac, buy the Kama Sutra, or this is in sexuality or in business, they will be like, oh, I have to print a flyer and put it all over town. Oh, I need to do Facebook ads. Oh, it's like, but I was like, wait, 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 wait. Start with why, like, like Simon, Simon Sinek says. Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek says. Okay, is, yeah. a, is, a, is a very amazing TED talk, which is called okay. that start with why. So that's the, that's the first step, the first aspect, the first pillar of the integrated transformation model, which is reflect. Ask yourself where you are at, what do you feel? And we're talking about sexuality specifically. What do you, what do you think and feel and perceive about sex? about you having sex, about others having sex, because sometimes you would notice your limiting beliefs and your views and your values by seeing what you say and what you think about other people. Mm. Okay? Oh, it's wrong that some people are, you know, having sex more than, with more than one partner. 
It's wrong that that some women have sex before they are married. It's wrong that so so see what you what what you uh, look at what you think is wrong with with what other people are doing. Look at what you have an issue with yourself, with your genitals, with your cock, with your pussy, with sex itself. Like, are you are you okay with making love, having sex uh, in in the light, or do you need to to close the the lights and to crawl under the the bed sheets? Are you okay making sounds as a man, as a woman? Are you okay expressing? You know, are you are you okay asking for what you want? Mm. Okay, are you are you okay using very very sexual language? Are you okay expressing expressing affection in public? Okay, so some some people are really like sexual in in private, but then the moment that they step out, it's like they become. You know, it's like the nice girl persona. And also as guys, you know, we get so much um, conflicting messages. So suddenly in the past, you know, 50 years, since the 60s, we have to like tone down our sexuality because otherwise we are, we are perceived as, 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 I don't know, rapists and perverts and whatever. So, so men are uh, hiding their, their strong masculinity. And I'm not, I'm not justifying rape, but I'm saying it's like there's, there's, you can still be a strong man, a very sexual man, a very expressive man, and have that as an offering that serves the feminine, that serves people around you, that inspires men around you, because they're seeing a man who is in his power, and that is a gift that is not a, that is not an abusive um, behavior. So, think, I think you asked me, you know, how, how can people be aware of where they're at? And so I would look at what do you say? What do you feel? How do you judge? How much do you talk about this? And um, I published a book in uh, last year called Orgasm Unleashed, Your Guide to Pleasure, Healing and Power, which is a, an orgasm, orgasm book for women. And in a moment we can talk about how can a man write a, a book for women. But I, I include the, um, this aspect of reflection there um, in every chapter so in every in every topic I would ask them what do you feel about this specific thing what is your specific experience mm. so it's not me telling them ah this is what you have to do I would first ask them how do you feel about this what do you do what is your experience so so yeah does that answer your question with the yeah it does when and I, one thing that you said there um, resonated a little bit just that difference between private and public sexuality yeah. as well and <laughs> I think you're right like I think I I'm I don't quite know what is appropriate uh, sexual behavior in public mm -hmm. or how to channel that sexual energy in an appropriate way mm -hmm. um, and for me it's just much more easier to deny it and cut it off mm -hmm. it's safer Mm -hmm. I'm not going to offend anyone or get into any trouble. Um, but then that, that makes it difficult to have any kind of sexual encounter with anyone mm -hmm. in shutting it off in that way. Um, like what does, what is, can you describe what an appropriate or a powerful or a good or a, you know, a sexual, public sexual energy actually looks like? Mm. I would say that there's different expressions for different people. So what's what's good for me would be would be would not work for somebody else. I can I can share one of some of the things I'm doing, mm. and that's um, 
that might inspire other people. Okay. And I would say also that you need some level of experience and some level of sensitivity in order to see what is appropriate and what, what not. You know, I think that nudity is, is, uh, is great and I go to festivals when I'm nude, but I wouldn't necessarily sit at the, at the opera and be nude. You know, not, not that I think that that's a problem. I just think, you know, it's like you have to see where you're at and you have to s somehow accommodate, you know, to the, to the cultural conventions around you. But, for example, I'm a dancer. Okay, I've been dancing all of my life. I love dancing. I go to what's called conscious dance, which is, which is uh, a dance floor that where nobody drinks and people are, are requested not to chat, not to talk on the dance floor and nobody wears shoes. And people are usually not wearing the best, uh, you know, flashiest uh, clothes. They're wearing really, really comfy clothes because it's, it's comfortable to dance like that. So some people dance alone, some pe people dance with, with other people. And for example, sometimes when I dance with women, I would have an erection. And it's not necessarily that I want to take that, that, that woman home. Sometimes I do want to take them home. But, but most, office, m most often there would be like a sexual arousal without there needing to be any sexual resolution or any, any sexual activity later. Mm. So, so I would have an erection. You know, I would, wearing, I would be wearing quite um, loose clothes, so she would feel that I have an erection. Maybe it would be even slightly visible around me. Okay, so for me, it's okay. Um, I will be dancing with a woman with a way that we are both swaying our hips very, 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 very erotically in something that from the side looks like having sex or something, with our clothes on, you know, but there will be a lot of very erotic. And I actually heard from some people that, that they were triggered. My friend told me that, that her friend was triggered seeing, seeing her dance with me in that way. So that's an example of something that you can do as a man, as a woman as well. It's like, it's like I, I adore the women that, that respond to me and are able to meet me in that level um, when the, there is that connection. Mm. So that is, that is one, one way that you can one way that you can express your your sexuality in a semi semi public thing um if you are if you're seeing somebody you know you can be kissing and necking and making out like like teenagers and and to know that that's okay and if somebody you know says something that that that's their problem um i share stuff i share a lot of stuff for my own life and somebody very close to me told me it's like oh, it's okay that you're a sexual educator and expert and everything but why did you have to say that um, I posted something that I had uh, great sex and for me it was like I posted that 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 video was about I just had amazing sex with my with my lover and my yearning was to able being able to translate it for other people and to teach other people how to have great sex as well it's not like, ah, look at me, I'm the best, you know, lover in town, I have 50 women, you know, it's like, no, it's about, I have something and I want to share with other people how to get that for themselves. So, so that's bringing that into the public discussion. Um, I have a client that, uh, he's, a <clears throat> he's a, one of the top uh, sports coaches in the world, and he recently... Uh, wrote a public testimonial for me and he said, you know, it's like Eyal helped me 
with ejaculation control and now I have less destructive behaviors and I'm able to connect with women deeper and bring them to orgasm and so on. So he's a man, very public profile, very known, who, who publicly shares about mm. this and I adore him for that. Okay, another one of my clients is a, is a, is a cellist uh, in Europe. And, you know, she talked about having, again, crazy orgasms and being a female ejaculator and her sex life transforming. And at the same time, she's able to offer more of her gift. She's, she's raising her, her rates. She's able to get like better gigs for her, for her playing and her whole professional and artistic realm is expanding, mm. connected with the sexual area, which is expanding. Mm. So. Yeah. What you're talking about there with dance, I find very interesting. Because mm. um, I, like, I almost find myself not wanting to connect with a woman on the dance floor for that reason. Because mm. I, I, I know that there's a possibility of some kind of, <laughs> you know, I don't know, it's almost like a losing of control or, a, um, you know, something um, bubbling out that I, I want to keep constraints so it's really interesting mm. to hear how you fully embrace that mm. in that setting mm. yeah. Uh, yeah by the way not, not fully I'm still I'm still you know I haven't uh, I'm still working on the same things that I'm teaching yeah you know? so I'm not a guru I'm not uh, enlightened fully <laughs> <laughs> you know we're all enlightened etc etc and stuff but but yeah it's like it's like we all on the path yeah and you know you, you mentioned you mentioned I don't you said something like I don't want to kind of like lose control and I would say that it's like a mask it's like one of the stories you know the moment that a man is allowed to connect to his sexual power he will lose control and he would rape someone or, or, or abuse someone you know sometimes not you know full-on rape and and this is this is sadly a story that that stops men from from expressing their beautiful gifts and also stop women from being 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 open to receiving those gifts or expressing their own sexuality mm. so on these dance floors there's sometimes women sometimes some of my friends so from some of the tantric and sexual communities that I'm I'm involved in and they would be moaning and shouting at the middle of the dance floor either actually having an orgasm or sounding like they're being fucked like really really strong okay and they are allowing yourself to express that and you can see some people around being crazily triggered by that triggered in a bad way triggered in a bad way yeah yeah um i you know i heard people in the same dance um events say it's like oh it's like i don't want to see people rubbing their hips you know it's like this is not the place for that and i'm like who said you have an issue with that um so i would go back to what you said and as a man and i would say we all need to learn how to unleash our sexuality in a way that empowers ourselves and others, not in a way that mm. hurts others. So, you know, I, I think that there's also men who would sadly get this as a carte blanche, as a, as a, as a permission to unleash their passion and just to touch any woman that they want. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about expressing that and also being sensitive to other people who are open to receive that gift from you not trying to <laughs> to force feed them yeah and and that's um and that's a journey 
that's a dance that you know sometimes I would approach a woman in in dance and and she would she wouldn't be interested okay I would I would start dancing more erotically with her more sensually with her and she would she would run away and I'm like okay sorry you know so so it's it's constantly a journey of feeling each other's boundaries and helping it helping each other go beyond our boundaries or expand our boundaries become more open mm. and that's that's a that's a journey by itself yeah that's that's an art by itself mm. you touched on a few things there that um, I've heard a little bit about but I don't think I fully understand them things like Tantra and um, I've heard about Tantra and yoga classes can you talk a little bit about what that actually is what does that mean yeah so I can talk about my take on that because Tantra is so big there's so many ways to to describe it for me the tantra is the combination between the spiritual and the material okay so it's about connecting spirit to matter it's about embracing life so i'm i'm i've been practicing meditation spirituality and stuff for for nearly 25 years and done tons of retreats meditation retreats retreats in dark rooms for five days retreats in the snow retreats in you know it's like and I also have done kind of like sexual retreats when I had, you know, 20 hours of sex a week sometimes and multiple lovers and open relationships and orgies and whatever. And I also done lots of business work. Okay, my business helping others with their businesses. So for me, Tantra is the thing that connects everything. Tantra is a celebration of life. Some people say it's a celebration of the feminine. I would say it's a celebration of everything. Okay, celebration of masculine, celebration of feminine, celebration of the senses, but not in a way that gets lost in the senses, in a way that uses the senses and the body to go beyond the body. There's a part of, of Tantra which is sexuality, and that's only like 5% of Tantra is actually dealing with sexuality. In Tantra there is like yoga, and you can do yoga without ever having sex. There's like sacred music, sacred geometry, sac sacred architecture, Ayurveda, nutrition, lifestyle, uh, theories, astronomy, astrology. It's like so much stuff in Tantra. Okay, so the, the Tantric text really includes most areas of life and, and philosophy. And they're practical as well. So it's not just a philosophy. It's like, okay, this is the philosophy and this is what you can do in order to connect with that. So for me, Tantra is integration and that's that's one of the one of the one of the meanings of the word tantra which is also also the meaning is like warp warp like um like um uh, how do you call the thing that you uh make a, a quilt or like wall on i i, I think yeah that's called the warp, a warp yeah a warp. yeah like that yeah, yeah. okay um yeah, weave. weave yeah. yeah, and if you think about a big, a big piece of, of cloth, if you if you pull on on one side, okay, the other side is being pulled as well. And one of the ideas of tantra is everything is connected to everything, which is what we shared, we talked about earlier. You know, so your sexuality affects all of your life. Your self love and your mindset affects your life. Your your any any habits, any unharmonious, destructive habits that you have affect all of your life. If you're not successful in your business, it would affect your relationship. Okay, so so that's generally what what uh, tantra is for me. And sexual tantra is about 
recognizing our energy and embracing it, embracing our sexuality generally. And it's also about harnessing uh, sexual energy to transform our relationship, to transform our life, to transform our mission, to transform our creativity, to transform our wealth, and ultimately to transform our, our spiritual practice. So that's a little bit about what Tantra is for me. Yeah. I really resonate with that idea of integration and um, that network or that weave, what you're mm. talking about. And I think it's a great metaphor um, for thinking about my life. Well, I found it a great metaphor and just thinking about, well, you know, there's so many aspects to my life. What are the big heavy hitters that I can work on now? Because in, in raising one of those, it lifts up everything mm. around it as well. It's like lifting up a web or a net. You know, yeah. you lift up one point and the whole net raises. And then I can see where the low point is, the next lowest point, and kind of focus on that as well. And uh, I found that to be... And even like lifting lots of little points, a small amount, can have a, a big effect yeah. on the overall net or the overall web yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I sometimes think about it as um, like a car. You know, I, I'm a guy. I love cars. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that only guys love cars. You know, I'm sure that somebody's like triggered this moment. But anyway, I love cars. And what you just what you just described, I call it enablers. So in in a car, if you have a flat tire, you can have the best car in the world. But if you have flat flat tire, some something is not enabling you to go as fast as you want or as comfortable as you want. So you might, you know, drive on the, on, the, on the rims kind of thing and you can still progress, you can still, you know, travel, but it would be a really shitty ride. Yeah. So, so what you just said is like, recognize what is the biggest, darkest problem in your life and start by addressing that. Because hmm. sometimes people f walk on the small things. It's like, oh, I need to change the... the colors on my website or i need to you know it's like get a better business card on it it's like it's like it's not, it's not that okay if you are if you are premature ejaculator in a moment i can define premature ejaculator different than how everybody does or if you're a woman whose sexuality is totally off and cold and you're not connected to your to your femininity and to your pussy and to your to your love to your man that's an issue that affects everything else if you are having a sex life but you're not loving yourself and there's like self-hatred and low self-worth you cannot offer your gift to other people and, and, and charge for that because constantly you're feeling like oh I'm not, I'm not worthy mm. okay and again any, any issue like that so I would focus on the, what I call the enablers and and start with them sexuality so, being one of them sexuality obviously being one of the one of the biggest ones um, and again, look at the, look at the, um, looking at the integrated transformation model. So first of all, you inquire what what, or you reflect what are the biggest ones. Then you learn. For example, in sexuality, there's there's a lot of material that that somebody can learn about the sexuality. Mm. So for for women, I have orgasm unleashed book. For men, I have something called um, ejaculation control: how to last longer in 30 days, which which again focuses specifically on on aspect of of ejaculation control but but it's like there's a lot of information there yeah okay and the idea is we can learn that and the third one is embody so embody means you don't just learn about stuff it's not just theories you need to actually do practices and in the collective subconscious there's so much such a shallowness around all of the transformation work 
and specifically sexuality. It's like, oh, get a vibrator, you know, eat this aphrodisiac food, uh, buy the Kama Sutra. It's like, what the fuck can you do with the Kama Sutra when mo most men come after like four or five minutes? You know, do, do, a, do a different position every, every minute. Okay, five minutes, five positions. So I would say there's, there's theory and there's practices that you can do every day, regardless if you have a partner or don't have a partner, regardless of how young or old you are, regardless if you think that you have other issues, regardless if you can get it up or not. There's so much practices that you can do. And then there are practices that you can do before sex, during sex and after sex. Mm. And those, it's like, it's like, it's like if you want to be an athlete, Okay, athletes or musicians or artists or whoever practice every single day. So that's the, that's, that was the third uh, thing in body. And the fourth one is transform. Okay, so okay that we go back to the, back to the model? And sure. Yeah, you yeah. asked me a question and I'm kind of like, <laughs> there's, there's, so many ways to, uh, there's so many ways to skin a cat. Um, the fourth one is transform and transform means this practice is going to transform your life so transform your life to support the practice because if you understand and now, now we're talking specifically about sexuality and later we can talk about you know unleash your full potential and business empowerment and so on but specifically with sexuality you have to understand that this is a life-changing practice this is not just about having better sex it's about becoming more creative mm. it's about becoming more confident it's about totally changing your your both personal life and professional life. It's about being more attractive to people and opportunities. Um, it's about being who you're supposed to be. And that starts from, from your sexual, sexual energy and sexuality. So transform other aspects of your life to support your sexual practice, your creative practice, your business practice, and see how those two connect to each other. So to give an example, in my book, uh, in one of the later stages, uh, later chapters, I recommend women to go and, and take dancing classes. And not just structured dancing classes like tango, which is also great, but, but more free dancing. Um, I urge, and again, both men and women, to both dance and also what I call to speak up, to go and sing, you know, public singing, how do you call it, group singing? Uh, you know, Choirs. Like, yeah, not even kind of like, um, uh, religious or spiritual choirs but kind of like I don't know singing mm. or to go you know I have a friend here in Melbourne even uh, Flissy Malai who's who's doing um, who's doing um, not it's not exactly public speaking but it's like kind of like expression through uh, through speaking okay unleashing yourself through yeah. speaking and, and helping people to speak up um, so yeah that, that is the fourth thing which is transformed the fourth aspect and the five the fifth aspect of the integrated transformation model is receive. Receive means that the, four, the, 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 the first four is about doing it by yourself. Okay, it's the understanding that you need to be responsible over your own transformation. You need to take full responsibility over your life. But the fifth one says, no, you can actually receive from other people. You are, if you're listening to this right now and you're still listening after I know, half an hour, 45 minutes, you're receiving. You can go to a coach, you can go to a mentor, you can go to a workshop. Now, even reading a book is, is understanding that you don't have all of the answers. You're listening, watching, reading somebody else who has some of the answers because they've been practicing this for 10, 20 or 30 years. Mm. So 
just to repeat the, the model that is reflect, learn, embody, transform and receive. Yeah. Two things that you said you'd talk about a little bit later. How can, or what's, what do you mean by premature ejaculation? Mm. What is your definition of that? Mm -hmm. Most men in the world ejaculate after f about five minutes from the moment of penetration. Okay, intravaginal ejaculation. So from the moment that they penetrate, and again, excuse me for being very heteronormative, translated to your own terms I'm I'm hetero and I'm usually working with hetero people so usually I'm using um, heteronormative um, uh, definitions but by, by all means um, change it to whatever whatever works for you so the average for a man from the moment of penetration to the moment of ejaculation is five minutes premature ejaculation is defined by coming less than two minutes or less than one minute depends who you ask, from the moment of penetration. My definition is different. My definition, according to this definition, by the way, even according to this definition, one out of every three men in the West is suffering from premature ejaculation. But actually even five minutes, even though it's normal, even though it's regular, it's what most people do, that's the average, I would say, do you want to be average? Because five minutes is not enough to have a really deep connection in penetrative lovemaking. Okay, you can have non-genital sex, I teach that as well, it's beautiful, it's amazing, but sometimes you want to be inside your woman, or your woman wants to, you to be inside her, for a little bit more than five minutes. So my definition of premature ejaculation is coming, ejaculating, before both partners are ready for it and choose it. Premature ejaculation is coming before both partners are choosing that. Mm. And according to this definition, I would say that around 95, 99% of men in the world have premature ejaculation. And I don't want to kind of like make anybody feel bad, but I feel that as a man and as a sexual educator, it's like, it's my duty to tell men, it's like, it's like listen guys, there's so much which is possible. Which is, which is actually possible for you. Okay, I, I had premature ejaculations in the, in the past. I know it's like what, what it means to... I, I had actual premature ejaculation, like, you know, ejaculating within 10 seconds of, of, of penetrating. And I can share with you that there, there's things that you can do in order to change that. So I'm not about, you know, oh, I'm the sex god, you know, look at me and I'm the best. I'm like, no, this is what I do and you can do the same. And it's the same thing for women. Okay, there's things that women can do to, to help men. So I'm all about, I'm all about empowerment and I'm all about education. I'm all about, you know, follow these steps mm. and you can last as long as you want. And then the really life-changing thing, by the way, if you listen to this and, and you think you've been, you know, slightly triggered until now, it's like, here it comes, you know, kind of like <laughs> drum, drum world. <laughs> My even bigger message is that men are addicted to ejaculation either by themselves or with another person and once you go beyond that once you resolve that addiction and as a man you are able to go without ejaculation for weeks and sometimes even a month and sometimes even two months I have one client which is just surpassed I think three months while still being sexual your life 
changes, my life changed. My life of the, my clients and students changed because of this practice. So I'm not saying not to orgasm, I'm saying not ejaculate, which means a man can have different kinds of pleasure states and orgasmic states and different kinds of orgasms and whole body orgasms without ejaculating. Because orgasm is not the same as ejaculation. And again, it's not just about having whole body orgasm and that is great. It's about what, does, what that does to your sex life and to your partner because you're able to bring your partner to bliss when you are able to, to get there. You are able to use that sexual energy later in creating things, in doing things, in rocking your business, rocking your mission, rocking your charity organization, rocking your, your community, rocking your society. So, so really, this is my big mes message connecting to what Napoleon Hill said. It's about must sexual mastery is life mastery. Hmm. Sexual energy is creative energy. So learn how to do this and see how your life changes. Hmm. Um, I mean, even for me, there's massive trigger points in these conversations. <laughs> like, I'm not finding it the most easy conversation just in terms of... Um, like it's very easy to talk with you but uh it's certainly like even when you talk about some things i automatically think ah oh, that's dirty or that's mm. that's uh messy or that's mm. you know you know i want to deny that people actually feel that or think that mm. um but uh yeah interesting the other question was that you alluded to well how can a guy write the book on female orgasm <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's a good question because, you know, many people are like, you know, like, you're a guy, and how can you write a book about female sexuality formula, female orgasm, female body? And it's a fair question. It's such a fair question, I actually have a, a blog post, you know, called How Dare a Man uh, Talk About Women's Sexuality. So, the first thing to say is that I'm not a woman, and I don't actually experientially know how it is to experience this thing that I'm talking about from within a woman's body and within a woman's experience. Okay, so yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> by the way, sometimes it's kind of like a joke. It's like, you don't know, you don't know you're not me, so, so how do you know what I, what I know? Or how do you know what I, what I experience? But um, I can say that I had a lot of both study and research so studies, you know, tantric studies and books and workshops and stuff, I've done a lot. And research, I mean, I had a lot, a lot, a lot of very meaningful sex. And it's not just a numbers game. It's not like, oh, I fucked this one and I fucked that one. It's like I had meaningful connections with women that I can still talk to to this day. And sometimes I would still remember the, the, the names and, and more than that. And those were co-empowering experiences. Co-empowering means we, we served and we empowered each other. I've opened them, they've opened me. And through so many experiences, I learned a lot about female orgasm, female sexuality. At a certain stage, women start to tell me, you're so, you're so good at that, you should offer that as a service. That, that was specifically about, uh, I was offering what's called uh, yoni massage or vaginal massage, which means I was giving a woman a whole body whole body massage, whole body experience, and then I was also massaging her vagina. And I know for some people listening, it might sound like crazy, but 
but it was actually uh, practiced in the 19 what was it 40s 30s and uh, in England there's a there's a book there's, there's a, a movie, movie called yeah, good vibrations or yes. something yes. like <laughs> that yeah you know um, so yeah I was I was practicing that and then when I became a practitioner I learned so much because I was sometimes doing three four five hour sessions with women and helping them you know dissolve traumas and get over you know rape and incest and and pains and uh, vaginismus and or just or just total disconnection from the feminine body and feelings and and, and essence so yeah i'm not a woman but i had I've, I've met a few yeah and and i'm still you know I'm, I'm still learning but i can safely say that when women who experience what i'm talking about read my book they say okay finally i find somebody who expresses what i'm feeling so, finally i understand what i feel mm. and i feel that this is for me a, a gift like the masculine gift for, for women which is clarity and direction okay so i'm like one two three four five this is the process this is the this is the structure this is what you're feeling right now and then they can identify it. it's like okay yeah you're right this is what i'm feeling. how can i experience something else so um yeah and 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 um i also have colleagues people who are sexual um experts and sexual healers and sexual educators uh some of them women endorsing my book and you know saying so i'm like so yeah some women who know what they're talking <laughs> about because honestly some women don't know what they're talking about I'm, I'm sorry to say i know it sounds a bit you know uh, argumentative or something but it's like some people don't know what some women don't know what they're talking and men don't know what they're talking because they, they haven't experienced that okay so if a woman only have one kind of, of orgasm one kind of experience or a few kind of experiences and she's not experiencing what i'm talking about maybe there's something to look into hmm. so i'm not saying you're bad and you are unworthy i'm saying you're great and you can experience so much more yeah there's a couple of questions that i ask as we start to wrap up sure the first one's about you know, what's something outside of, I guess, the area that you're working in right now, particularly mm -hmm. around sexuality, that mm -hmm. you could imagine yourself or would like to be part of disrupting mm. one day in the future? What do you daydream about? So it's, it's actually something that I'm doing right, right now. And I, um, so my biggest, my bigger vision is about helping people unleash their full potential, which is a theme for me all of my life. Wherever I see in the world, I'm either inspired by people who unleash their full potential. You know, Elon, I just finished the Elon Musk biography. I'm like, you know, my mind is like blown. Uh, you know, Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins. Um, and it's specifically about helping people understand that they have a gift or a few gifts that they can share with other people to help other people, to serve other people, to empower the people, to delight other people even. And they can make money from that. So do what you love, help others and make money. And I know that there's some other people who are doing that and my, my angle on that is embracing your sexual energy in order as part of that. So the integration of the personal and the professional, the, the personal and the, and the public, and actually the work that I do with my clients and also what I write about, you know, it's like from the beginning of my ejaculation control program, I constantly talk with men about their mission.
So it's not just about having great sex, it's about taking that great sex and rocking your mission, changing the world with that. What's a, a small change or a subtle change that you've made in your own life that's enabled to, you to be where you are today? And I guess an obvious answer might be <laughs> to tap into your sexual energy in an integrated mm. way, but is there, you know, what, mm. perhaps what even started you on that journey? You know, what, what's a small thing that you've done or that you continue to do? Yeah, I have, that might be, that might be a whole other podcast episode because I have quite a special life story. I lived, I lived for seven days on a, seven days, seven, seven years on a tropical island and had quite a, an alternative lifestyle. But um, I can say that one of the things that started it is that I, I was working in high tech in the corporate, um, doing something I really loved, by the way. I wasn't like suffering or anything. I was in Israel working for one of the biggest telecom, telecom operate, mobile operators. And I was making enough money that I bought an apartment in the middle of Tel Aviv and we renovated it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Okay. And I had a chat with, with somebody at work and I said, I never went traveling after, after the army because most Israelis goes, goes traveling after the army. And I was, I was, what, I was 26 and I, I never went traveling. And I realized, I, I, did, I literally did not sleep that night. It was like, you know, like the stories, I didn't sleep the night. It's actually true. I was tossing and turning the whole night because I was burdened with the, with the realization, with the question, if I don't go traveling now, I'll have to go into this apartment I'll, and to pay the mortgage, I'll have to, start, to keep working. I wake up in the morning, I was living in, with my parents um, to... Um, save money for the mortgage and apartment and everything I called my mom and I told her tell her mom I'm not moving into the apartment instead I'm going to Asia to travel and she was like no come on just go there for for a month for a few months and like no I know that if I go there I would wouldn't be able to, to leave so that's one of the one of the times and I have a few other experiences like that that I followed my heart I followed my intuition I followed something which is different than what my parents would say and my society would say and and I did. I took a risk, and that that is one of the biggest things that made the, the, the brought me to where I am today. Because I got into a tropical island, and later returned to the tropical island, started turning my hobbies and, and interest into income streams and into offerings to others, and discovered tantra, and down the road ended up in Melbourne. So, yeah. I like it. Hey Al, thank you. Thank yeah. you for sharing so much. It's been really good to chat with you. My pleasure, mate. And uh, yeah, I do look forward to catching up in the near future and seeing how you're going. My pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Subtle Disruptors. I hope you got something out of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, including any suggestions you have for guests. You can get me on email through adam at subtledisruptors.com. And if you enjoyed listening and would like to be part of getting the word out about the Subtle Disruptors of Melbourne, a great way to do this is through jumping into iTunes and rating and reviewing this podcast. I'm Adam Murray, and I look forward to hearing about your own subtle disruption. Bye for now.